Father, we love you this morning. We bless your name. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. Father, I just pray today, Lord God, that every person that's in this place watching online, Father, I just pray your Holy Spirit would minister hope, your love, your healing, your salvation, your deliverance, Lord God. We trust you in everything, God, even though we may not understand everything. Lord, we trust you. We know, Father God, that you love us. You gave your son to take the place for us, for our sins, Lord God. We thank you today and we trust you in it. Lord God, in this moment, we just pray, Lord, for the peace of Jerusalem and Israel, things that are happening around the world. We just pray, Father God, right now for those that are under fire all around uh, the world. Father God, nothing that's going on right now has ever taken you off guard. We see you moving in your word, the sure word of your prophecy being fulfilled in this generation right before our eyes, Father God. And you have chosen that we would be alive in this day. A chosen generation to witness the unwinding of your biblical prophecy, Father God. And in that, you've given us a purpose, a calling, an understanding, a word to declare. We just thank you for it, God. And we know that our enemy is defeated. He is under our feet, and we have victory in every every area, Lord God, of our lives that you have promised us in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. So, Lord God, we pray right now, according to your will and your word, in our individual lives, our homes, we pray for our children, our city, our community, we pray for our nation, we pray, Father God, so many things unwinding in front of, Lord, we know your hand is moving and we trust you, so we pray now that our loved ones would be saved, our children would know you, our children's children would know you, Father God, for you're a good God, and you're good all the time. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we pray. Hallelujah. And all of God's people said amen and amen. One more time, put your hands together if you love the Lord Jesus. He's so good to us. Smile at your neighbor. Tell him I'm glad to see you this morning, and you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Glory to God. Well, God is so good. He's so faithful. What a time to be alive on the earth. Amen? Man, so exciting. You know, last, last week I'd, I'd mentioned some things that I just kind of felt were getting ready to take place and unfold. And um, uh, sure enough, uh, you know, what, in, what the, the events that have unfolded just this weekend as it pertains to Jerusalem and Israel and uh, the Arab states. Today, I, I don't know if you, if you want to know this, but I think it's important that we understand what's going on from a biblical perspective and, um, and why it's so important that we draw nigh unto God in the hour that we're living in. It's not out of fear or hopelessness. It's out of faith and understanding of what God is doing, and that we just happen to be alive and being able to witness it. 
God's got a plan. He's got a purpose for each and every one of us. But it's important that we operate and live within the the confines of his purpose and his will. Because no matter what happens when you're in that place, you maintain your hope. You maintain your peace, your joy, and faith has the ability to live big in your life. So, uh, yeah, last week we, we talked about several things that that, uh, that the Lord was doing. We talked about the life of Joseph, and it was kind of interesting while we were talking about the life of Joseph, how God used the Ishmaelites, some of you, and I won't have time to rehearse it all, but it, it's, it's all in the book. It's so awesome. It's so wonderful. It's so powerful how he used the Ishmaelites to get um, Joseph into Egypt. And there for 400 years, uh, the uh, uh, covenant people of God grew and prospered to a couple million before Moses brought them out of Egypt and delivered them and 40 years later took them across into the promised land. But I, I think we need to talk about what is really going on in the world. Do you want to know today? Do you want to know from the, what the Bible says? Because the news is going to tell you whatever they want to tell you, and they're clueless. But the Bible's already, so that's why I believe the Word of God. It's already been spelled out in here. I got saved in 1985, delivered off the streets of the west side of Columbus. And the reason that I have so embraced the Word of God as, the Bible as the Word of God is because when I started reading it. All of history was in here. My life was in here. Everything that I ever thought, every fear that I ever had, every question that I ever had, it was already in the book and God brings uh, us understanding and revelation through it. So this is the word of God and it's been tried and tested and it is true. So, all right, let's, let's talk about it. All right, we live in a crazy world, don't we? I mean, it's just unbelievable things that, that are happening right now. But the things that are taking place right now inside of Israel go back thousands of years. So in order for us to understand what's happening today, we've got to understand what happened in the beginning when God introduced himself to Abraham and the plan that God had for Abraham and the covenant that he had with Abraham. Well, what was God's purpose, obviously, in bringing out Abraham? He was bringing forth a seed that would eventually bring forth the manifestation of God in the flesh of the Lord Jesus Christ for the purpose of him coming, being the living sacrifice, paying the penalty for our sins because we owed a debt that we could not pay. So God sent his son to to pay a debt that he did not owe. And he did that. Well, how do we know that it was God? How do we know, excuse me, that it was God's plan? Because after they crucified the Lamb of God, the innocent shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, three days later, he raised from the dead. So let me just encourage you this morning, if you're going to serve a God out there, you might want to serve the God who defeated your greatest enemy, and it's the enemy that we all have to face, and it's the enemy of death. It's the shedding of this body. We, we are a ghost that lives in a shell, and one day we are going to shed this body. And so we want to live inside of the resurrected Christ. I live in Jesus. No grave can keep my body down. Why? Because I live in Christ. He is the resurrected Savior. In him we live and have our uh, being. He said, he that believes upon me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. For he said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. 
So when I came to Christ and when I gave my heart to God, it was just, it was just so easy for me. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't an issue. It didn't take me a minute to try to figure it out. Because ever since I was a young boy, little kid, I really didn't care in high school or junior high or elementary why two plus two equaled four. I didn't care about nouns and pronouns and adjectives. I didn't care about any of that. One thing that really was on my mind is, wait a minute, what's the purpose and the meaning of all this? Because in the end, what I see is everyone has to die. So there has to be something more to this thing. Because if not, let us all live, eat, drink, and be merry, and let the only the strong survive. Because if there's nothing more, who cares, right? But I got a revelation that this is not it. That God's plan for us is an eternal plan. That we are going to live forever. Now, we don't get to do it inside of these corrupt, fallen shells. But he does have resurrection, life, and bodies for us. And we don't have time to talk about that today. But let's go back just a moment. Go to the book of Genesis chapter 16. Genesis chapter 16. Let's look at this. What's going on with the Palestinians? Who are the Palestinians? Who, what's going on in Israel? What, what's the history here? And what, what's the importance of it? Well, we find out here in chapter 16 of the book of Genesis, there's a story of Abraham. And you know that God called Abraham out of the land of the Chaldeans to cut a covenant with him. And the covenant that God cut with Abraham was a covenant that he said, I'm going to multiply you as the sands of the seashore, as the stars of the heaven. He said, I'm going to bless those that bless you. I'm going to curse those that curse you. I'm going to give you a promised land because God was through Abraham bringing forth the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ. God's plan to get the son of God into the planet to become the living sacrifice. So he started with Abraham. So God promised Abraham that he was going to have a child and that he was going to have a seed. And it was in his seed that all the nations would continue his posterity. So Abraham had Isaac. He had um, uh, Jacob. And Jacob had 12 sons, right? And those 12 sons became the tribes of Israel. All right? Very important. But he also had another son. And this, we find this story over in uh, uh, Genesis chapter 16. This is a story of Sarah and Hagar and Hagar and Abraham. So verse one says, now Sarah, Abraham's wife, bear him no children. Okay, so God promised them a child, but Sarah was barren. So they connive this idea. Well, we know God promised us a seed, so they, but I can't have children, so I'll tell you what we're going to do. I have a handmaiden. Her name is Hagar, and she's from Egypt, which is very interesting. Because remember last week, we, we, we found out that God used the Ishmaelites, uh, who, whose mother was Hagar, right, to get Joseph into Egypt. I mean, it's just, it's just an amazing thing how God has worked all this out. But anyway... And so Sarah said unto Abram, Behold, now the Lord hath uh, restrained me from bearing. I pray now you go into my maid, and may be that I may obtain a child by her. And Abraham hearkened on to the voice of Sarai. But this wasn't God's plan, although uh, for the promised seed, but they did have a child together. His name was Ishmael, all right? So we've got 
Abraham, Sarah, looking for a promised seed, wasn't happening. Sarah was barren. So he, she, Abraham went into uh, Hagar, the Egyptian woman, had a child. His name was Ishmael. God came back to Abraham, told Abraham that the child, the promised seed, is going to come from the womb of Sarah. And actually, she laughed at this prospect. But it wasn't until 12, almost 13 years later that actually Sarah, in her old age at 90, can you imagine ladies having a child at 90? Uh, she, she bore a child in her late years, and his name was Isaac, okay, the promised seed. But here, let's deal with, with um, Ishmael. Who is Ishmael? Well, if you look on over in uh, chapter 17 of verse 20, and I encourage you to look at this, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this make sense here in just a moment, so just hang with me. So Ishmael, the Bible says right here that in verse 20, and as for Ishmael, I have heard thee, behold, I have blessed him. But he wasn't the promised seed. He wasn't the seed through which Christ was going to come. Behold, I have blessed him, and I will make him fruitful, and I will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget, and I will make him a great nation. Okay, so we have the promised seed, and we have Ishmael. God didn't do away with Ishmael. He made him a great nation, and he had 12 princes, kind of like the 12 tribes. He had 12 princes. And out of his seed came the Arab nations, all right? These 12 princes were the Arabs, okay? I, I don't I, I, but I don't know why I have a, a map, but anyway, research this. You can, you can really do this. It's, it's a great study. He had 12 nations. They became the Arab nations. So the Arabs and the Israelis have been in conflict. Isaac and Ishmael have been in con- conflict for centuries. This is uh, nothing new. Well, the Arabs, what did they do? They gravitated towards Islam. They became the Muslims. The Arabs became the Islamic state, the Muslim people. And of course, you know that Muslims, they believe uh, in Abraham, but they believe uh, that God, Yahweh God, their God, came from the seed of Ishmael, right? So you got two conflicting nations here, and they've been fighting ever since, all right? So now today, fast forward it, you know, three millennias, still the same issue that we have then. We have a war between brothers. This is a war between brothers. Isn't that interesting? So the, the, the Palestinian state, so let's, let's talk about this. So everybody hears about Palestine. Everybody know Palestine. Well, Palestine comes from a word, uh, the Philistines. Remember the Philistines? They, they controlled Gaza all the way up to Gath in the time of David, right? So, and you remember David defeated Goliath. He was a Philistine. And, and so when the Israelis, when the children of God left Egypt, deliverance through Moses. Remember, they crossed into the promised land once again on the uh, uh, west bank 
of Israel. They subdued uh, Jericho and just continued to march towards the Mediterranean Sea, and they begin to take over the land. Well, the last standing stronghold was the, the, the Philistines, and so that, that conflict went on for a long, long time. So that's where we get the name Palestine, comes from uh, the Philistines, and, and you hear about this thing called the Gaza Strip. Well, what was Gaza? Gaza was the stronghold of the Philistines on the Mediterranean Sea. So what, what am I saying? This, is, this didn't happen in 1948. This didn't happen in 1907. This didn't happen in, in 1620. This thing has been going on a long time. So what's the interest of Israel in Jerusalem, that, that particular land? <clears throat> Why all the conflict in the Middle East? Well, spiritually, we know that's where Jesus came. That's where Jesus died on the cross. That's where he brought uh, salvation to uh, the human race, which is you and I. That's where he brought salvation. That's where he raised from the dead. So it's a, a spiritually, the Bible calls it Jerusalem, Beulah land, the land that God loves. That's where he sent his son. That was the promised land. That's when Jesus returns. He's going to set up his throne there on the throne of David in Jerusalem. We know that through scripture. And that's probably going to happen sooner than anyone really believes. So here we are, but on the, the way that Israel is situated, you've got Europe, you've got Asia, you've got Africa, and you've got Israel right in the middle of that, in the Middle East. So every conqueror from the beginning... Alexander the Great, the Babylonians, the Assyrians, the Persians, the Romans, all of these great empires that was in a vision that God gave Daniel, all these empires to conquer the world, they had to go through Jerusalem, they had to go through Israel. So if you wanted to conquer from, from, from Africa and Egypt, you had to, to, to move to the west. You, you had to get to Asia, you had to go through Israel. From the north, from Europe, you had to come south. Germania, uh, Rome, the Romans, you had to come through Israel if you were going to conquer anything in Asia. Trade routes, everything had to go through Israel, right? So that's why strategically and geographically positioned, uh, politically, for all the people that want to conquer the world, they got to deal with the promised land of God. They got to deal with Israel. Israel being protected by God because prophetically it has a, a, a prophetic significance all the way through to the end of the age, Right? But we got all these world leaders, you know, Alexander the Great, the, the Greek, you know, out of Egypt. And, and you, you've, you've got uh, all these other, uh, the, the Babylonians, they, they, what did they do? They had to plunder Jerusalem and, and they took Israel captive. And, and you, you had the Medes and the Persians. What they, they, had to, they had to take Israel because if they wanted trade routes on the other side to the east, they had to go through Jerusalem. They had to go through Israel. So it's strategically very, very powerfully positioned. But it, it's the plan of God, and it's the land of God. And no one could successfully conquer each, uh, Israel permanently. Now, we know that. When Christ was here, 
Israel was occupied by the Romans, right? Do you want a history lesson today? You just want me to preach. You just want to preach it. We really need to know this. It's important so you can have understanding in your heart of what this is all about. It's bigger than what the news is going to be able to tell you. You know, this is just the Palestinians want, want, the, want their land. The Zionists want a, a Jewish state, a permanent Jewish state. Uh, the, 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 the Palestinians want their own separate state on the, on the land. It goes from Gaza to, to the West Bank and, and, uh, of the Jordan River. That's why they call it the West Bank. It's the West Bank of the Jordan River. That's where Bethlehem is. It's just on the edge of, the, uh, of uh, Eastern Jerusalem. I, I I've been there twice. It's it's very small, um, but uh, but the Palestinians occupy a lot of the West Bank. They have a stronghold in Gaza, and they want to expand. They want to be a state. Well, the Jews and the Zionist Jews, they want their own state of Israel, independent of all Palestinians. Jerusalem, the capital city, uh, is is a place where where the Jews call that's their that's their capital city, not Tel Aviv. That's why it was so important when so uh, for the for the Jewish people when um, so many presidents from Ford to Bush to to so many of them said, "Well, when I get into office, I'm going to declare that Jerusalem is going to be the capital city, and we're going to move our embassy to Jerusalem." Well, Trump did that a few years ago, and that's why it was so exciting. But till then, Tel Aviv was was the capital city. So you've got you've got all these these. Um, uh, borders and dividing lines within the, the the state of Israel. Well, we we know what happened in when Rome during the time of Christ. Rome was occupying. Remember, Jesus came. He was born of the Virgin. He had innocent blood. He was on a mission from the foundation of the world to redeem his human children because of the fall of Adam and Eve. Don't have time to get into all that. But God loved his human children. His original intent was never to live separated from them. He always wanted to be one with them. He created the earth for his human family. And he, wanted, he, he gave them instructions to be fruitful and multiply and turn, multiply the world into, in, into the Garden of Eden. Well, we know they fell. Satan, the fallen angel, tempted them. They fell. They lost their covering of God. They realized that they were not uh, celestial. They were terrestrial, and they were from the dirt without the covering of God. But anyway, so... So in the time of Jesus, Rome was on the move, and they wanted to rule the world. They had recently uh, conquered Egypt and, and Cleopatra and, 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 and uh, uh, Mark Anthony, and they were taken over, and now they got, what are they doing? They're moving into the Middle East, into Jerusalem, into Israel. At the time of Christ, they were occupying uh, Israel, and then Seventy years after the death, burial, and the resurrection of Christ, Titus, the Caesar of Rome, came and plundered Israel and the Jews. Okay? He tore down the temple. He plundered the temple. He scattered the Jews, and they lost their nation state. All right? 
So from that time all the way up over 2,000 years, Israel didn't have a home. The promised seed didn't have a home. They were scattered throughout all of the world. And from that time uh, of 70 AD, Rome occupied uh, and then it was a few centuries later that the Muslims occupied Jerusalem. And then it was a couple centuries later, uh, the Pope, uh, oh, I forget the Pope's name. But anyway, one of those Popes, Urban, Pope Urban, he came and uh, started a military crusade and, and created an army called the Crusaders. Remember the Crusaders? These were Catholics that were trying to spread the gospel of Christianity by force, certainly not God's plan, right? You can't force anybody to come to Jesus. You can't force anybody to, to maintain a Christian nation by, by, by force or by, or by law. It's a matter of the heart. Christianity is not a matter of gunpoint, choose or Christ or die, no, it's, it's a matter of the heart. I serve the Lord as a, as a free man by my choice. I became his servant, right? I became born again. I'm a child of God. So, so then the crusaders came in the 10th century, and they took over Jerusalem again. So this land is white. while the fighting still here come and the muslims the arabs and 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 the christians fighting over this land fighting over trade routes and so on and so forth and then in the 15th century mahadeen came back with the muslim nations and took jerusalem back again away from the crusaders right so then it was occupied by the Muslims. And then World War I, it became occupied by, by, the, by the Brits. And then after World War II and the slaughter of six million Jews in 1917, there was a Belfort Act that was laying the groundwork for Israel to have their own nation state once again. This is so interesting. You really need to study it. It's good, boy, because it's going to help you understand biblically the hour that you're living in and the significance of it. Because if you think this is just some more rock throwing over in the Middle East, you're not paying attention. What's taking place now is a biblical war that's starting, coming, it is coming out of the book of Psalm 83. And I'll talk more about that here in just a moment. So in 19, and, and after, after Hitler and he slaughtered the Jews, um, they gave Israel uh, the, a nation state back to the Jewish people. The, the nation of Israel was born 1948, May 5th, 1948, okay? So for 2,000 years, the Jews had no homeland. But the Bible declares that in the latter days, that God would gather them again and give them their own nation once again. It took 2,000 years after they were scattered. It's considered a modern-day miracle. So they were given certain parts of the land in 1948. They, they were allowed to become a nation-state. There was still a fight over Jerusalem, the capital city, uh, the city of God. Still a fight over Jerusalem. And there was, it was occupied by Muslims and, and Christians and Jews. But the Muslims occupied uh, Jerusalem, the Temple Mount. And then in 1950, uh, just 50 years ago, 
Here come the Arabs again. They attacked Israel. Yom Kippur. They call it the Six-Day War. Egypt, Syria. They attacked, and, and four other nations, they attacked Israel, wanting to disband Israel again. Get Israel out of here. Ishmael's children, they hate Israel. They want to push him into the sea, okay? Well, God gave them a miracle, and in six days, God drove them back. And not only did they reclaim their own land, they reclaimed, they took Jerusalem, they took the Temple Mount from the Muslims, and they captured all of the West Bank and Gaza before they gave it back. Right? Are you following me so far? And so now... uh, they gave, they gave back part of the land back, and, and, and we have uh, them trying to live in peace, trying to uh, occupy uh, with the Muslims and, and, and the two factions of Muslims. Now, let me just get into this just real quick, because this is not hard to understand. There's two factions of Muslims, or two parties of Muslims. There's the Sunnis. And the Shiites, they are not the same. They are all Muslims. But the Shiites believe that Muhammad, their prophet, named a successor after the bloodline. The Sunnis don't believe that. The Shiites are militant. They're caliphate. They're Sharia law. Total Quran Sharia law. This is the way it is. The Sunnis are more conservative. So this would be Saudi Arabia. This would be Egypt now. This would be Jordan. These, these sons of Ishmael. They're more conservative. They're, they're willing to be more peaceful. And then you have the Shiites, which is Iran and Iraq. And the, the, these Muslims and, and Lebanon, Syria. Okay? So within the Muslim, it's kind of like the Republicans and the Democrats. The, 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 the Shia are more old school to the letter of the law of the book. Kind of like, a, I mean, maybe a bad comparison, kind of like the Amish versus, you know, progressive Christianity in modern day. The Amish are letter to the law about, about what they believe. And they, they still drive the horse and buggy and the technology and the conservative dress. And you know what I'm saying. Christians, and, and then, but you have progressive Christianity today that, are, are less letter to the law. And, and uh, so the Shiite and the Sunnis, the Sunnis are <laughs> letter of the law, still something I'm cutting your hand off. You know, adultery, you're going to be stoned to death. The, 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 the laws, they still apply them today. Christians are infidels. Kill them. Right? Death to Israel, death to America, shouts the parliament in Iran, right? These are Sunnis. They're a letter to the law, and they, they are less kin, they're, they, they are more strict to the, to the book. Well, the Sunnis, they don't believe that the bloodline came strictly from, from Muhammad. It was more of a political succession than a bloodline succession. 
So what, what's, what's the point of all that? So now you can kind of understand, well, wait a minute, aren't they all uh, Muslims? And aren't these Arabs all Muslim? Yeah, but there's two factions. Why does Israel get along with, with Jordan? And why does Israel get along? In 2020, they just signed an agreement with, with Jordan and Egypt, Benjamin Netanyahu, trying to recreate the Middle East for a peace in the Middle East and they just signed it in, in, in 2020. And this includes Arab states, right? Like I said, Jordan. Now they're, they're, they're pushing towards Saudi Arabia joining, which is Sunni Muslims. So now we, we see the alignments of these peace agreements. It's significant. Why is it significant? Because the Bible says it's going to happen. That's how we know the Bible's true. It's, it tells you what's happening. So now we have this, this alignment, this, this, um, uh, all of these alliances, and, and you had the, the Abrahamic Accord and the, the Sunni Muslim nations that, that want, a, want a peace deal in and free trade routes through the land of Israel and through Arab states and Arab nations, but we still have Iran and Iraq and Syria and, and um uh, Lebanon, all these Sunni uh, Shiites that know Palestine, and so they're backing the Palestinians and and to push Israel out and to give Palestine their their own free state. And I, I was in Washington D.C. just a couple of years ago, and I was just doing some sightseeing. You have no idea. How many Palestinians are uh, in in America today that are aggressively free the state, free the Palestinians? There was over 20,000 Palestinians on the Washington Mall the day that I was there declaring free Palestine. So this conflict is is in, in our borders as well. Don't think for a moment that it's not. And unfortunately, for the last two years, our borders have been open. Who knows? Who's been coming across? But anyway, that's we won't get into that. So they had those that Abrahamic Accord, those alliances, and now you've got pushback because of those alliances from the Shiites, Iran, Iraq. You get, now you're seeing some pushback. We don't want peace in the Middle East, and we don't want Israel and the Jews making peace accords with our Muslim brothers whether they be Sunni or Shiite or whatever. We don't want that to happen. But God said in his word, it's going to happen. So what you're seeing right now unfold and take place. Psalm 83 talks about Arab states that would begin to surround Israel in the latter days to try to conquer them. But in all actuality, this war Pre the war, Israel, there will be someone come along and have some type of peace agreement with all of these Arab states. And we're going to enter into a time of peace, a time of peace and safety. And you're going you're gonna to see different things take place. So you say, well, how do you know that? Because the Bible t- tells me so. I read the book. Tells me what's going to happen. Tells me the alliances. 
but it does not end there. That's not it, because we're, again, Jesus is returning to this planet. The next war to happen after this war will be the war of Gog and Magog, when Russia, who is now aligned with China, and, and, these, and, these, and Iran, right? Who's Iran? Iran is buddies with China now. Iran is buddies with, with Russia now, right? What, what's this alliance? This is the alliance for the last final battle, the battle of Gog and Magog, which is the battle of Armageddon, which just preludes. It's just, a, it's just the, the war before the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. I just can't get this out of my head. We are in a time unprecedented in human history. I'm sorry, I just can't get excited about who won the football game. And, you know, I, 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 it's, just, I just, it's tough for me. When you see what's really going on in the world, you know, to, 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 to complain and cry about a hangnail. And I, I you know, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't get what was due me and whatever. I mean, it's just, we should be, our thoughts should be on God. If you don't know God today, if you've never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and been born again by the power of the Holy Ghost where he has washed away your sins, regenerated your human spirit, made you alive onto him, you were translated from darkness to light, you have been made a child of God, and you know it. It's time to come to him. I mean, it's just time. Lord, I repent of my sin. I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe that you paid the price for my sins because I couldn't pay the price for myself. I trust in the finished work of Calvary. Father, come into my life. Holy Spirit, regenerate me. Make me alive unto God and open my eyes. God's children are not alive on this planet to be blindfolded. If you belong to him, he wants your eyes to get opened, and he wants them to get opened right now. Shake yourself a little bit. You know, and I, I, I know this, is, this, is, this kind of stuff is really isn't so popular, and we're not... It, it, it's, you know, get, get, tell me something else. Give me, give me three points in a poem that I can take home with me. And, you know, it's just, there's nothing more important right now in the church than an understanding where we are prophetically and what's happening around the world. Because it's coming to a doorstep near you, whether you want to admit it, just because you don't want to hear it, and just because you don't want to look at it, because you're so self-absorbed and micromanaging your own little affairs, which are important, and they're important to God, but without the greater understanding, you... There's coming a day where you're going you're, you're gonna to lose your peace. <laughs> you're going to be like, what in the world is going on? Why don't I know about this? And, and you're going to look to the politicians to fix it. And you know, uh, Donald Trump's going to fix it. Or, or this one, the <laughs> No, they're not. 
The Bible's going to fix it. God's going to fix it. The sure word of his prophecy is going to align it, set it up, play it out, and fix it in the end. Hallelujah. But if we just because we don't want to see it and we don't want to hear it and I just it makes me depressed and, 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 and all that, okay, I, 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 I can understand that, especially if you don't know him. <laughs> I mean, if you don't know the Lord and you're seeing things unfolding in this generation, you know, it would be a little fearful. You would be searching and grabbing for scrolls. Who's going to help us? Who's going to do that? And let's pick sides. Let's choose sides. The enemy of my enemy is my friend now. Let's choose sides. Let's, 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 you know. I want, I'm pro-Ukraine. Now I'm pro-Russia. I'm pro-Palestinian. I'm pro-Israel. I'm pro Picking a side, I'm pro-Democrat, I'm pro-Republican, I'm Donald Trump, and this, that's what they get. And I mean, you are just, you're clueless. You're getting sucked in to a system that is doomed. We are the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God lives on the inside of us through the power of the Holy Spirit. This is not our home. Abraham himself said, I'm looking for a city whose builder and maker is almighty God himself. Jesus said, we are just ambassadors here on this planet. I mean, it's cool to identify with winning football teams or political views and all that kind of stuff. That's great. And it was probably even greater 50 years ago. But this ain't 50 years ago. (laughs) Something going on. And if you don't see it, you're not looking. COVID changed everything. And I say it changed everything because it just proliferated the unfolding and the unwinding of their satanic agenda for total population control. But we won't get into that aspect of it today. Oh, no, we're just focusing on Israel and Jerusalem right now. Uh, the sons of Ishmael and the sons of, 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 uh, of Isaac and that conflict and, and, and the nations, the Arab nations who are Isaac, who are, 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 ran to Islam and become, became the Islamic state and, and little Jerusalem holding on. Now, you know, the, the, is, the Jewish people, we pray for Israel because the Bible says pray for Israel because we know Jesus is coming back to Israel. But we know that the Jewish people rejected Christ. They crucified him. The Romans crucified him, him at the demands of, the, of the, the Jewish people. Give us Barabbas. We reject the Messiah. Why did they reject Jesus as the Messiah? Why couldn't they accept him? They couldn't accept him, first of all, because the 
the Jewish religion, the institution of the, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Aaronic priesthood and the sacrifices and the temple, when Jesus came, he was going to disrupt all their positions, number one. They didn't like that. When he started saying things that they didn't like, let's, let's kill him. And, and the second reason is, is because they were occupied by Rome and they thought for sure that their Messiah, when he came, would kick Rome out. So Jesus came, he came to introduce the kingdom of God, not to plan it right here on this earth. They thought he was going to march up to the throne of David, set up shop, kick out the Romans, and that Israel would rise again to the greatest nation on the planet. But Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. So when he came, and he, Palm Sunday, he marched into Jerusalem. They were Hosanna on high. Come on, man, let's take him to the throne. Let's do this. Let's, 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 all this, our time is at hand. And Jesus didn't come to be exalted. He came to be crucified. So when they, when they found out that he wasn't going to kick the Romans out and that their, their plan and his plan were two different plans, they rejected him. When our Messiah comes, this is what he's going to do and this is how he's going to how he's going to handle the world and the political scene and establish his governments, right? So we know that, that they rejected him. They, they pushed him out. Today, the Jewish people still reject Jesus. There, there are some Jews that are Messianic Jews that accepted Christ as a personal Lord and Savior. But for the most part, they're still looking for their Messiah, they're being set up. Because the man of peace that's eventually going to bring peace to the area, they're going to look to him as a Messiah. This is the son of perdition, the Antichrist. Not the Christ, the Antichrist. But you can just see how the mindset's being played, how the geographic locations are being lined up, and how the hearts of the Jewish people are being positioned to receive somebody with a solution to their problem. And so today we see a global plan and pattern for a total global reset and alliances. It's just a counterfeit. The great reset that's coming is going to be the reset when Jesus returns to this planet. This is our hope. This is our purpose. You know, young people, I, I think young people today, they're, they, I, I remember when I was a young guy. I remember, uh, you know, you used to do those, and most of you won't. I'm 60 now, but you would have nuclear drills in schools and you had to sit under a desk and you'd have to do things and the Cuban Missile Crisis and that was that was just before I was born but I I I saw things you know there there shortly after as I was coming up through elementary school that it's a lot of that stuff still still resonated and I just remembered as a teenager and in the recession of the 1980s and th things were falling apart I'm like is there going to be anything for me am I going to be able to grow up am I going to have a life <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? Am I, am I going to have a life? Is, am I, am I, is there going to be enough time left for me to get a full life in to do what I want? And, I mean, you, you think like that as a young person. 
as a teenager and, and as, 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 as young adult. Oh, my gosh, it's going to all go away, and I'm not going to get to live my life. <laughs> if you are in Jesus, if he is your Savior, his plan for your life will be fulfilled. But don't think for a moment that the greatest plan that God has for you is contained in this little capsule we call time. It's far beyond that. Oh, yeah, we want to get the most out of time that we possibly can, but the greatest thing that you can do in time is realize that you're going to live in eternity and figuring out in time how to get to eternal life. Whoa. Can anybody say Jesus is the way? He is the truth, and he is the life. So as we watch this unfold, I want you to continue to pray. I, I, don't, I don't know... I don't know um, how long this thing will be. You know, when I was in Israel a few years ago, um, <clears throat> there were things on the television screen back here. When we were over there, we were actually in the West Bank. And uh, I was getting phone calls. Hey, what's, you guys safe over there? We're seeing on the news over here that there's conflict uh, there in, in Jerusalem. You, are you safe? Uh, there was the bomb that went off at Ben Ben a Ben a Huda Mall and and but actually you know we see fighters flying up but we were just going out our business and you know we it, it none of that affected us and even the Palestinians let us through their checkpoints to get into the West Bank to to go on a go on our tour. This ain't that. This is a little different. This isn't this is. This is a declaration of war that uh, Netanyahu has declared against Hamas and um, the Palestinian state. So I think this is going to further biblical alliances as we watch this thing unfold right before our eyes. The Bible declares that when you see all of these things happen, he says, look up. Your redemption draws nigh. Your Savior is drawing nigh. Don't be afraid. When you see all these things, look up. I did a TikTok the other day. And, uh, and something that, 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 I, that I mentioned I, you know, was on my heart. You know, I may, I may sleep five, six hours a day at, at night when I get home and get up. And, but I'm telling you that God is on my mind 15 hours a day. I'm always thinking about God. My mind and my heart is stayed on thee. It's not hard for me to mentally and spiritually live close to God. Why is that? Because I understand what in the world is going on right now. And when you see what's unfolding, how can you not think about God? How can you not? You would just have to close your eyes, plug your ears. Because you got something more important that you want to accomplish in this life. What could it be? You don't take any of it with you. 
Solomon said, this is all vanity of vanities. The richest man that ever lived at the end of his life said, this is stupid. I got all this wealth and power and glory, and now I got to die. What's the point? Learn this. Learn this well. Learn it early, people, young people. I'd shoot, I thought, I'll never be 60 years old. Huh? Here it is. <laughs> Whoop, there it is. When I was 15, if you were 30, you were old to me. Huh. Yeah. 30 years old was old. I, I must be ancient to you teenagers. Getting that grandpa smell going on, you know. I don't know. <laughs> and then when I was when I was 50, 30 was young. <laughs> now that I'm 60, I, I don't even know. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out how people look at a 60-year-old. I don't know. But in my own mind, it's, the, the, the people probably think of you a little different than you think of yourself. But at 60, I don't feel any different. i am got the same Holy Spirit. i got the same God living on the inside of me. i got a sound mind. I'm living by faith. I'm walking by faith. My shell, I'm just shedding my shell a little bit more. That's all. That's what life is. Have you ever seen a snake shed his skin? From the day you're born to the day you die, you are shedding your skin. There is something that wants to be reborn out of this, this old shell. You are a ghost in this shell. This shell is not eternal, but the ghost inside of the machine is, and it will get wrapped once again in a celestial body that will be like the angels. But your self-awareness and your conscience is eternal, my friend. And we look, oh, Solomon got it all. You know, and it, it really is, I think, to some degree, and I'm closing, the older, and let, let me encourage you to, to, to read, you know, the story of Abraham, Genesis, Abraham, Her, Haggai, and, and Ishmael, and, and just the history of it. Look at the history of the Arab nations that surrounds Jerusalem and see, see who they are the descendants of it, and see if, I, see if I, what I'm telling you isn't, they're, they're not going to tell you this in school. They, they took this book out of the school. They, they don't want you to know this history. I mean, they, they, the history to, to, to school today is, is only 200 years old. <laughs> no, this thing's a lot, a lot more older and more profound than that. But read it, research it, pray about it, ask God to open your eyes. Look at, look at, the, look at the prophecies that, that have been and right now are being fulfilled out of the Middle East. Look at the things that are, well, this has been going on a long time, and they've been throwing rocks for decades, and, and yeah, well, that might be true, but 1948, 
There wasn't technology available yet to put a chip inside of everybody's body so they can't buy or sell unless they're digitized. There's a convergence in 2023 that wasn't here in 1948. Right? Something else going on here. Fiat currency is, is, is leaving the system. You won't be able to get cash in the next 12 to 24 months. won't be available to you. You will either be digitized or you won't be buying or selling. Well, what does that even mean? It's so convenient. You're right. It is so convenient and it's wonderful. Except for the fact is that the Bible says that when the beast system gets that kind of control, if you don't do what they want you to do, if you don't have a social credit score like they want you to have, and if you don't believe the right things, they will cut off your food. They will force you into compliance. Couldn't do that in 1948 when Israel became a nation and everybody thought Jesus was coming. But now it's like, they're like, it's all converging. It's like, whoa, this is interesting. Huh. Oh, no, it ain't. It's not happening. I don't see it. I don't see it. I, I got my, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, my, 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 my job, my future, my money. I want that car. I want to, oh, my goodness. I got my football team's winning. My, huh? Not insignificant on a, on a micro level of living your day-to-day life. But dear Lord, see a bigger picture out there so you're not shaken. So you have understanding. Enjoy your life. Live it day by day. Take it as it comes. And, and enjoy what you do, can. And what, but man, have a, have a, have a biblical worldview because if you don't, you're going to be sucked into that beast system and you won't be able to get out. Not me, baby. Sorry. I know in whom I have believed. You take that beast system, all that antichrist, satanic stuff, and put it where the sun don't shine. Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. I will live for him and I will die for him. That's it. I know. <laughs> oh, ain't that nice? Oh, that's a, oh, that's real merry. That's so nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Until they come knocking on your door. Yeah, you got that gun registered here? We want it. <sighs> you got you. What, what, what's I see you got some AR-15s. We're coming for them. It's just. Oh, yeah, we seen you were in D.C. January 6th. Ah, let me see your bank accounts. <laughs> I mean, just. Uh, are you glad that you're saved on your way to heaven? Got an understanding of what this madness is all about? <laughs> Woo! Man, and that God would choose us to open our eyes when there are billions of people that are blinded around the world because they refuse to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Some put their trust in chariots and some put their trust in horses. Some rely on the arm of the flesh. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord Jesus. Well, let's pray. Father God,
I just pray today, Lord, I know this is an unusual service, I know. Father, but I just, I believe you've, you've instructed me. We need to see the bigger picture. Not for what happened over the weekend, but for what's coming down the pike. That in moments in our future, Lord God, when trepidation comes, on whatever scale in our lives, our personal lives, on the nationals, Lord, our hope is in you. Our peace and our trust is in you. I can't be shaken because I'm standing on an unshakable kingdom. I can't be moved because I'm standing on the rock. So, Father, I just pray that every person today that we gain a deeper understanding of what, what is unwinding right in front of our eyes. Where it ascended from. Why it's taking place. Why Israel? Why Jerusalem? Why the Middle East? And so, Father, in that, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would give us a spirit of revelation and understanding that the eyes of our understanding would be open to know what is the hope and the riches and the inheritance of the saints of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray, Father, anyone watching or under the sound of my voice that don't have a relationship, that do not know you, I pray, Father God, that your Holy Spirit would just begin to do a work in their heart, that they were realize that they're a sinner lost in need of a Savior. That they're separated from you, alienated from God. But Jesus, you came to bridge the gap. And I pray, Father God, as they turn towards you, and they turn towards the cross, as they repent of their sin, your Holy Spirit would regenerate them from the inside out. And that their eyes would be open. And that peace would flood their heart. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's pray right now. Can we pray this together? Just say with me if you would. Dear Father, thank you for your Bible. Thank you for your word. Thank you for giving me understanding. I ask you now, live big in my heart. Help me keep my mind on you. And may I repent of my sins. Holy Spirit, live big in me and give me an opportunity to share your love, your grace, and your faith with people who do not know. In the mighty name of Jesus, I surrender my life and my future. I put it, I put it in your hands. In Jesus' mighty name, hallelujah. Well, just lift a hand right there. Just tell him, Lord, I love you. I bless you.